Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and today we're riding the Polar Express. This month's reading challenge is to read a book about a journey, and so I have a very special guest planned for today. Her name is Nat Bickle, and she has written recently the children's story, The Christmas Clue. Now, she's been on our show before, back in December, I think it was, but her book hadn't been out yet, but her book is out now. But in our course of discussion, it turns out that she was a big fan of the book, uh, The Polar Express, and I hadn't read it yet. So she gave me that challenge to read it. So I read it, and I'm going to have her on the episode today to talk about the book and the movie and just her love for the book and her favorite memories around that book. And, you know, I'll, I'll share some of my favorite memories of the movie and see if we can't find some common ground there between our interests. Because I know fans of the book are not always fans of the movie and vice versa. On this podcast anyway, uh, we're going to celebrate the strengths of both, as well as talking about books that will take us on a journey. But before we get to that point, I have a Christmas memory I'm going to share with you today. We have a listener named Evelyn. She so graciously sent me just recently, a, a Christmas card with a Christmas memory in it that she wrote. As well, she also sent me a wonderful gift of some Christmas records. And I can't wait to, to listen to those. So thank you so much, Evelyn. I just want to say also thank you to those who have continued to support the show, either financially or sharing it on your Facebook feeds and your social media accounts. One of the most valuable resources you have is time. And I so appreciate you spending your time with me on this podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much. So I want to share a Christmas memory with you. Evelyn writes in to say that she would like to share with us one of her most fondest memories with her grandmother from many, many Christmas years ago. She writes, my grandmother lived way out in the country outside of Elko, Nevada. Snow is falling and we are sitting by a toasty fireplace, hearing the crackling of wood burning. We are sorting through last year's Christmas cards that were sent from family members and friends. We would carefully select from the pile of cards, trying to find our favorite Christmas card that would go with our wrapped gifts, ones that would match the personality of that person that we were giving the gift to. After we selected our cards, we would meticulously cut around the pictures and sayings that were printed on the cards, Try not to waste any part of the pretty pictures and words. After our delicate gift tags were finished, it was time to put them on our gifts with bows and ribbons. And of course, they were saved from last year's Christmas. Some were totally smashed, crimped, and frayed. But we rescued them, and they looked so pretty when it was all finished. Now it was on to our next project, making foil snowflakes for my grandmother's bay window that looked down on the snowy ruby mountains. We would try to cut out the intricate, complex, and delicate snowflakes that were ever made. Big ones, small ones, medium ones, and tiny, tiny ones. Of course, some went into the garbage because we couldn't get them unfolded. All of our snowflakes were made with lots of love and laughter. So those hours and hours of cutting Christmas cards were my most cherished Christmas memories. I plan to pass on the same to my six great-granddaughters. Hopefully, they will find the passion that I did with my grandmother. Evelyn also wants us to know she's not bragging, but I want to brag on her a little bit because she was featured on season nine 
on the Great Christmas Light Fight that was filmed in 2021. And she said you can find me on their Facebook page, The Great Christmas Light Fight. I didn't know that. uh, And I got to go and check out that Facebook page now. And Evelyn, I'll be sure to uh, share that link with everyone. And so that's pretty cool. Thank you, Evelyn, so much for writing in. And so, folks, this might be a fun way to reuse those Christmas cards that you don't have any use for anymore. And it'd be a great way to recycle. Evelyn, thank you so much. Now, for all of you listening, if you want to be awesome like Evelyn, I would love to hear a Christmas story. Um, You can write it like she did. It was just beautifully pictured, beautifully written, very descriptive. You can just send me a couple sentences of a memory or tradition you do, whether long or short, it doesn't matter. I would love to hear from you. And Evelyn, thanks again for writing in. All right, next up, we'll have our interview with Nat Bickle, the author of the children's book, The Christmas Clue. Well, we have uh, back on our show today, a good friend of the show, Natalie Bickle. And she's the author of the new children's Christmas book, The Christmas Clue. Uh, tells the story of two young children who follow a series of, of clues around their house to find a gift that Santa brought them with beautiful illustrations by Abira Doss. We, I talked about this uh, when N- Natalie was back on or was on the first time over Christmas. So Natalie, welcome back uh, to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on again, Art. I, I love talking about Christmas all year long, so it's great to be able to do that with someone who loves it just as much as I do. So thank you. I always enjoy finding those diehard Christmas fans. So yes. it keeps the show going throughout the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since we've had you on, uh, when, when you came on, your book hadn't been published yet, but since then it's been published. How, how has that been going for you? Right. Yeah. So I was kind of worried that it wasn't going to be published before Christmas. It was kind of up to the last minute there, mm-hmm. um, but it ended up being published the week of Christmas. So I was really excited about that and things have been going well with it, but this year I'm really hoping to kind of get a jump start before the season And actually I went to a few of my local libraries and dropped off a few copies to get it in their system. And then also I'm planning to get it into local coffee shops and bookstores later this year, and then potentially do an elementary school reading um, around November. So I'm excited for that too. Great. Yeah. I got, I got my copy in the mail. I I forgot it was coming and then what's (laughs) this and I open it up and Oh, look, it's, it's out. This is nice. Yes. (laughs) And I'm, I'm like you said, I'm glad it got out before Christmas. So Mm -hmm. I imagine coming out so close to the season that this year is really going to be the big, the big year for it. So. Yes, I think so too. I had a lot of family and friends sending me pictures and like, it's in, it's here. I got it in the mail, mm. which was great. But I do think this year I'll have a lot more time to promote it, which will be, which will be great. Um, but it was kind of surreal when I received it too, because I hadn't received like a copy really before it was out. And so when I got it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a real book. Like, this is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And now that's, that's your first published book. Yes. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I've always imagined that that's got to be just incredible to see the the final completion of of a work like that yeah 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 because you put your heart and soul into it and you hope for the best but you just never know until you actually get the physical copy like what it's going to feel like and look like but i'm really pleased with it yeah uh i've i've watched some uh youtubers who have 
published a book and you know they're filming their first time they're unboxing mm. their own book and half of them end up crying this is, <laughs> this is like three or four years of work that is right been brought to completion <laughs> yeah yes mine didn't take quite that long so it wasn't yeah. as emotional but it's still very cool yeah well great well best of luck to, to you and your book and um thanks this this december november december let us know how we can help get the word out and uh we'll do that uh, I, I i've got and know people who are always looking for good recommendations for books of all kinds. So we'll, awesome. we'll try to get the word out. Thank you. And, and along those lines. So then how, how was Christmas for you this year? Christmas was great. So we got to go visit my brother and his wife and they just had a new baby. Um, and mm -hmm. so that was really great to meet my niece and spend time with them. And then this year, a lot of my family got to come into town, which was different compared to the year before due to COVID. So that was great to just have more family here and just feel more like a normal celebration. Yeah. This year uh, we had to change plans a little bit from what, what we had planned to do, but it was, it was good. It was a, a time we just relaxed and we mm -hmm. rested and I really needed that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, I did too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the reason I, I have Natalie on today, we're going to be talking about the Polar Express and for this month's book challenge, uh, the, the prompt, the reading prompt is the Polar Express. The challenge is to read a book about travel. Uh, because at its heart, that's what the story is about, uh, is traveling, in this case, to the North Pole. I have plans to read a book, and I'm sure I would have, had, I'm recording this before I've actually recorded the episodes talking about what book I'm reading. So <laughs> whatever book I've, I picked, I'm sure it's going to be genius. So <laughs> uh, podcasting can be weird sometimes. Um, but uh, uh, so we're I, but I wanted to talk about the Polar Express and I knew Natalie that, that you, you'd mentioned that was one of your favorite children's books and I had not read it, which caused you to tell me to go out and read it. So yes, it was <laughs> shocking, <laughs> especially as a Christmas fanatic. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it was one of those things I just hadn't gotten around to. And anyway, I did read it and I really enjoyed it uh, for a children's book. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's short and to the point, but I wish I would have had it when my kids were younger. Mm. So now I have to wait for till I get grandkids, I guess. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least you've got it now. That's right. And yeah, I wanted to talk about that and, and what the story means to you. And, and we'll talk about the movie and, and things because that that's had a the movie has had a big part in our life and our Christmas celebration. But uh, we'll, we'll begin with the book. Do you want to tell us? I'll, I'll put you on the spot here, but just real briefly for those handful of people who don't know what the Polar Express is. <laughs> Can you walk us real quick through the plot? Sure. So the Polar Express is this magical story of this train that takes children to the North Pole and Santa gives out the first gift to one of them before going on his incredible night journey of giving presents to all the kids in the world. Um, and so it, it focuses in on one particular boy who boards the train and his adventures. Whoops. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. Got the, got our library copy here. Nice. Uh, and it's uh, written by uh, Chris Van Allsburg. And my favorite part of this though, is the illustrations. Mm -hmm. just so beautiful. And what surprised me was how close they were to what the movie did as yes. far as the visuals. Yes. They have a very kind of soft texture to them, mm -hmm. which I think is, is comforting, but yeah, it's amazing pieces in the movie. I think if you pause it, it would match the book page like incredibly well. 
so what's your history with the, with the book? Uh, when did you first read it and come across the story? So I don't remember the very first time, but I remember my mom always reading it to me growing up. And I think she loved it more than I did. Um, she just felt the immense magic from it and would always be so excited to read it and was just very dramatic. Um, and so I felt that and felt that the train was kind of larger than life and it just felt really thrilling. But I think what stuck with me the most was the concept of the bell and only being able to hear it when you believe. And I just remember thinking, I'll never be like the parents or the sisters who eventually stopped believing. I will always hear that bell. Would it be safe to say then if the bell rang today, you would hear it for sure. Huh? Oh yes, for <laughs> sure. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, like, like I said, this was my first time reading it um, just this week. And I mean, I, okay. So I was reading it last night, just looking through it again. And my, my son happened to see what I was reading and he kind of gave me a weird look like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing research. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just a beautiful story. Uh, it, it explores that idea of belief and, and faith, you know, that he, mm -hmm. uh, the boy is at a cross point in his life where, you know, it, it, he wants to believe, but he's not sure. And, and this little bit of Christmas magic happens that um, helps him in, in his believing in, in Christmas. So I'm reading this, trying to imagine what it would be like as a kid to read this, mm -hmm. you know, and get caught up in the story. And it was, especially towards the end. So just in case you, people haven't read it, we're going to do spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's not much spoilers here, but right. You know, it's such a gentle book, but then at the end, when he thinks he loses his bell, mm. uh, you know, I, I'm imagining my kids because I know how they reacted to that part in the film, but you know, I'm imagining kids reading that and, and just being gutted like, Oh no. <laughs> yes. That's the present funny. from Santa is gone. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's not good. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, as I mentioned, looking at the uh, the illustrations, my favorite are the ones where it it sh towards the beginning and and at the end where the train is outside of the house and all the lights are glowing in through the windows. And mm -hmm. I think especially the movie does that really well too. Just that sense of mystery and adventure that yeah both the book and the movie capture it mm -hmm. all while the snow is falling, which is mm -hmm. beautiful too. Yeah. And I think what is really cool about the bell too, is that, you know, the book opens with him talking about, he's listening for the sound. He doesn't know if he'll ever hear. And his friend is telling him like, Santa's not real and he doesn't know what to believe, but not mm -hmm. only does he get to like hear those bells, he gets to take one home, like directly handed to him from Santa. I just, I love that how it wraps mm -hmm. it up like that. Yeah, that would have been mind blowing to me. <laughs> like, right? All right. <laughs> Santa. Wow. I was reading some things about how this book came to be written. So Chris, uh, I keep forgetting his last name here. Chris Alsberg? Van Allsburg. All Allsburg. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he writes children's stories. He even wrote Jumanji, I guess, which oh, I didn't know that. I didn't I don't know, know that. Know. That's what I, yeah, that's what I thought I read. I'll double check that. And if it's not right, <laughs> I'll edit it out. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, now I'm wondering, is that a picture book or a, a, like a kid's novel? I, I, I have to look at more into that, but I, if I go too far on these rabbit trails, I get lost in the internet. So <laughs> uh, this, this book was published in 1985. So I was seven uh, when this book came out. I'll tell you how old I am. <laughs> um, and, and I actually have no memory of this book at all. Wow. Until I saw trailers for the movie. Wow. Uh, you know, in the whenever it was that came out 
you were probably not even born at that point. So <laughs> yeah, I was not born when the book came out. That was a little before my time. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all we'll say about that then. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and when I say I did research, I read the Wikipedia page. So that's, nice. that's the kind of research that I do. Uh, it says there that uh, it was praised for its detailed illustrations and its calm, relaxing storyline. And uh, it won the uh, Caldecott Medal Award for an illustration of an American children's picture book in 1986. And that's the second time he won that. So he was uh, an award-winning author. And I, I hear his name used a lot when people talk about children's books. So um, and this is certainly a classic from the sounds of it. Yeah. I, I just wish I hadn't known of it when I was younger. I know. Yeah. You missed out a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm making up for it. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then it says that it, the book is meant to be set in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where he grew up. Several things inspired him. One was uh, some storefront Christmas decorations, as well as he had a mental image of a child wandering into the woods on a foggy night and uh, wondering where a train was headed as he watched it go by. Hmm. Uh, I think some of the pic illustrations kind of capture that. Yes. And I feel like even the metaphors he uses, like I know one was the train was wrapped in an apron of steam. And I was like, man, that just so like gives you a perfect vision of what he's trying to convey. And actually, after I read it the first time, I didn't realize he was the artist. So hmm. I'm looking all over the book, trying to find who did the illustrations. <laughs> and then it's right there on the front page, yep. uh, illustrated and written by. <laughs> like, okay. I told you my, my bifocals aren't working so well. Uh, <laughs> the, the train that he actually based it on was a... Uh, uh, a Pierre Marquette 1225. And it used to be owned by the Michigan State University. And as a kid, they'd go to the Michigan State uh, football games and it would be sitting out there in front of the stadium and he'd climb on it and play on it and everything. And um, he says that's it was his inspiration for, for this train. What I thought was fun about that is my boys grew up, especially my oldest, really loved trains. So mm -hmm. he would read books about trains and he could tell you what the steam engine was and what I don't know all the numbers what they all meant and everything he just really dived into that so that was kind of fun reading about the history of the railroad and and where and it's being used today it's it's back in active service from the sounds of it and its beginning was years ago where it would run on a, a train line up into Canada and stuff like that but now wow. it's being I think now it's being used as a Christmas train so they're Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, have you ever had a chance to go on a, on a train at all or? I have, it's been a really long time. Um, but speaking of trains that kind of look like the Polar Express, Indiana, mm -hmm. which is where I am, they actually do a really cool Polar Express ride now that happens obviously in like November, December, um, but there's hot chocolate and, and elves and Santa all on the train. I haven't done it myself, but I have a few cousins who have kids that have done it and they've said it's pretty amazing. Um, but me personally, it's been a while since I've ridden on a train. <laughs> yeah. That train, that sounds fun. So yeah. I might have to send you out on a, <laughs> on yes. a mission to, to do it. <laughs> Come back and report. <laughs> yes. Our, our roving reporter. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any memories really of the book you want to share other than you said your mom read it to you a lot at Christmas time? I don't think I really have any other memories other than for some reason in my mind, the, the main character was poor because he had a ripped pocket, but reading back through it over the weekend and, and watching the movie, I'm like, I don't think he was poor necessarily. It was just like something in my childlike memory was like, yeah, he didn't have money. So he had a hole in his robe. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> so in 2004, the film comes out. What's your reaction to the film? You know, this is a film of a favorite book of yours as a mm-hmm. kid. So I was in the fourth grade when it came out. Um, I oh. believe I saw it in theaters. I don't really remember. That's a little bit blurry in my memory bank, but mm-hmm. I'm sure we did since it was such a big tradition with my mom. Um, but the film did not become a staple, like as a part of the movies that I recycle through each year. I feel like it was so action packed. It was a great film. I love like how the illustrations were put in it. But for me, I just think there was too much going on. And there were so many like dangerous near death experiences on the train Mm -hmm. that it was just kind of a different thought than I had for the movie. I had wondered how much of the movie was in the book. Mm. And in the book, like I said, it was so gentle and calm yeah. and it, up until really the end with the only real tension being, you know, oh, he lost the bell. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's like a, a roller coaster ride. Oh, my gosh. Literally yeah. at parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I can understand why they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this really would have worked as maybe, you know, a half hour special or something and toned it down a little bit. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at that from the book's perspective to the movie mm-hmm. but when i my first experience with this was uh trying not to do the math if you were in fourth grade <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in college but uh, <laughs> uh anyway uh we were in the theater watching i don't remember what film it was for it was actually it's probably one of the lord of the rings films now that i think about it uh but the this trailer comes up of a new Christmas movie. And, you know, I'm like, all right, this, this sounds Christmas. I can tell right away. And I remember, I think the opening of the trailer, it's, it's that scene where the train is there and all the smoke is billowing out and the conductor comes out of the fog and uh, it's just really atmospheric. And I thought, man, that looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just the, the texture, the, the painting, the coloring, everything looked really amazing. I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. So mm-hmm. when he begins to talk and, and I could tell it was him. And then even the way the conductor moved, I, I'm like, that's Tom Hanks. I right? can tell. Yeah. Yes. Which is I, weird. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I get the whole argument with the uncanny Valley idea of where the people look really strange and everything. And that never bothered me mm-hmm. at all. So I thought, well, my kids will be old, old enough here in a couple of years. We'll have to see that. Uh, and I think we did watch it for the first time a few years later. Uh, I don't, cause I, I know we didn't see it in theaters to, to begin with. Ryan would have only been two at the time. So he was a little bit young yet for it. I remember watching it with him and I, I don't recall the process here. If he liked trains first and then liked the Polar Express or if it was the other way around or if it just all happened at once, but they loved this movie <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. So I, I do feel like it's a great movie for kids to just get lost and wrapped up in because it is constant, like attention grabber, attention grabber, mm-hmm. Oh, more conflict. Oh, what's happening now. So I feel like it is really great to hold kids attention, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that was, it came out during the time when they were starting to film a lot of movies for 3d. Mm. So, you know, they had a lot of the big swooping angles and, and the, yes. the point of view thing and, and things jumping out at you constantly. And I usually don't like that because to me, it just seems like this doesn't help the movie. This is, you're trying to create this for an experience and 
I don't know if I want a roller coaster, I'll, I'll go on a roller coaster, you know, <laughs> <laughs> turning into an old grumpy old man. now. <laughs> I, I liked it in this film mm-hmm. for whatever reason to me, I, I thought it worked uh, yeah. because of what it was doing. Yeah. And I think that's what appealed to my kids is that, you know, we are on this adventure with them and we're experiencing all the ups and downs of the, of the movie with them. And, uh, but yeah, they, they just fell in love with this, the film. It was incredible. Even my oldest now, he's 20 years old now, I think. Oh no. <laughs> and <laughs> this last Christmas, he's, uh, you know, he was home from college and uh, it was Christmas Eve and he's like, well, I need to get, get upstairs, go to bed so I can watch Polar Express before morning. Oh, <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> he, he still has a tradition of doing that. So yeah, it's neat because for him, that's going to be the classic movie. He's going to show his kids, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And with that connection to trains, like I can totally see why that would be one of his favorites. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know if, if, is, is this movie a favorite of yours or is it one that you watch every year or? It is. It's not a favorite. Um, I like the book better, I think, because it's mm-hmm. simpler. But I mean, I enjoy watching it when I do. I just don't make a point to every year. Sure. Yeah. 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 There, there's movies like that, too, that people are say it's oh it's classic and i'm like oh well if it's on i'll watch it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) yeah and that's fair you know coming from your perspective having grown up with the book and everything i i am almost 100 percent sure that for me it's nostalgia that makes Mm -hmm. the movie so enjoyable um yeah because i have those happy memories of watching it with my kids and Mm -hmm. and they're not that little anymore so (laughs) yeah 20 20 is not that little (laughs) nope uh so like i said i'm gonna have to wait for grandkids so yes (laughs) but um ryan if you're listening no rush on that okay (laughs) (laughs) just just gonna throw that out there i'm gonna ask you about this because i I came across this this morning i thought this was an interesting thought about the movie yeah it said and this comes from the uh on the internet movie database it said that uh the there's a a, i guess a fan theory or a theory that the polar express is another christmas carol uh movie that uh, the boy is scrooge and doesn't believe in santa anymore and it causes the three ghosts of christmas uh, which is be the hobo the conductor and santa uh, to change him forever so the hobo is the ghost of christmas past and he plays the role but he's playing the role of Christmas future in the sense that he is trying to scare and intimidate mm. uh, the boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the conductor is the ghost of Christmas present. And then Santa is the ghost of Christmas future. And he changes um, the boy forever. Like Scrooge was changed. Uh, they even pay uh, homage to Dickens by having a Scrooge puppet dance on the screen briefly, which I, I, I love that part. Cause it always used to scare my kids. <laughs> But I thought, you know, that was interesting. I've been thinking about that. I I wanted to see what you thought of that. That is interesting. So whenever I did watch it this time, I picked up on the hobo being a ghost. And I was like, hmm, wait a minute. Okay, maybe this is tied to a Christmas carol. And then it especially hit me with the Scrooge puppet marionette thing. I was just like, okay, there has to be some sort of connection here. But I didn't quite make the three out. I was like, I don't understand what the three ghosts are. But now that you say the conductor, the hobo and Santa, that does make a lot more sense. That definitely wasn't a part of the book, but I do kind of like it mm-hmm. as this piece of the movie. It because the hobo, you're kind of scared of him at first, but then you like him and he like keeps saving mm-hmm. the boy. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I did pick up on pieces of that though. I just couldn't quite put the puzzle together. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. So <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I was like, whoa, that's mind blowing. Yeah. I've got to watch it and, and catch, catch those things. And Tom Hanks is all of those people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I've, I've always wondered why they did that. If it was either to save money or mm. just because he's so talented and they were really using a newish technology for the time, you know, with motion capture and everything. And they thought, you know, let's see what we can get away mm-hmm. with. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I thought the Scrooge puppet kind of looked like the Jim Carrey version of Scrooge. Mm-hmm. And I don't, that movie came out later, didn't it? Yeah. It came out a couple of years later. Okay. Same director and everything. Interesting. So he did, um, I think it was Polar Express. He did uh, maybe an animated Beowulf hmm. one. And then, and then Scrooge, the Christmas Carol, which I don't, do you, have you watched the Christmas Carol one? with uh, Jim Carrey? Or? I've watched pieces of it, but not in its entirety. Okay. Is it one of your favorites? Yeah. Um, I've only seen it okay. once. Yeah. So I I really liked Carrie's performance as Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was really well done, but again, I, I felt like that maybe the movie was trying to make it a roller coaster ride versus a story. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, there's so many good versions mm-hmm. out there. I mean, right. <laughs> Like, oh, that's fine. It is similar though, because Jim Carrey voices so many of the characters too. And mm-hmm. that, so yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I enjoy Jim Carrey. Yes. <laughs> more, more than I should. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, so I, I watched it for, for that sake. And I, I really enjoy what he does um, because I'm a child of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and my, my wife still says I'm like a fifth grade boy sometimes. <laughs> so. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 I've been meaning to watch it again because when it first came out, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, this is terrible. This is a travesty. This is awful. And I think, oh, it wasn't that bad, but you know, it's not going to be one of my favorites. Yeah. But lately I've been hearing some people who are saying it's one of their favorites and they've watched it again after, you know, several years. And they, they said, this is actually really good. Mm-hmm. So Maybe it's time is being kind to it. Yeah, I don't know. maybe. And I, I do need to watch it. Yeah. If, if for no other reason, you can see Jim Carrey do what he yes. does. So. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the other things that I love about the movie, again, it's just the way it looks, how it's compared to the book. I like the music too. The mm-hmm. music is really, really nice. Yes. Are, are you a big musical fan? You know, typically I'm not, but I really enjoyed when the kids sang when Christmas comes to town. I watched mm-hmm. it over the weekend to prep and I was singing along with it. And my husband was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> but I really did enjoy that piece. And then, mm-hmm. um, that believe song that I, I think in the credits that Josh Groban sings, but it's like throughout the movie mm-hmm. and more of a orchestra type version. I love mm-hmm. that. I think it really helps the magical sense of the movie. You know, as I'm thinking back over the film, the, the, the parts, that I enjoy the most. It's not, not even the plot. I, I mean, I, if I looked at it just from the, for the plot sake, I think I'd agree with you there. It's just, it's just so much, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so much, but the, the visuals, the, the snow effects, yes. that is just breathtaking. Like when they're up on top of the train in the snow is just blowing. Yeah. I, I've always thought that was just really well done. The music is good. Uh, those two songs are definitely my favorites and are in my Christmas song playlist for sure. So I was going to ask then, uh, what are, or do you have a favorite part in either the book or the movie? So it's different for each one. So in the book, I think Mm -hmm. my favorite is whenever he opens the bell on Christmas morning, um, and has that little note from Santa. 
And then in the movie, my favorite is whenever they're in the North Pole and Santa is like standing in front of the crowd and the boy cannot see Santa because of all the elves and the kids and everyone is like so excited. And he also can't hear the bells um, that are on like the reins of the reindeers or reindeer. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And he's freaking out and he's like, I can't see him. I cannot see Santa. And then a bell breaks loose from the reindeer and he's holding it and he closes his eyes and he's like, okay, I believe. And then he opens his eyes and Santa is there. And it's just like this message repeated of seeing is not believing. Like he chose to believe when he couldn't see and whenever he was panicked. And then when Santa was there, it was like, wow, he really is real. But I already chose that like in my heart. I love that. My favorite part is probably not as <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really love the, the, the hobo character. Uh, <laughs> yes. Especially the part that where he's making the coffee, you know, he gives it to the, to the boy to drink and then he pulls a sock out. And yes. <laughs> I, I just die laughing every time. So. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, the, the kids are always like, "That's how Dad makes his coffee," you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like what it, like you said though. I, I like what it says there, even about about faith, about believing. It's it's okay for adults to still believe in, in you know the magic mm-hmm. of Christmas and the joy of Christmas and all that. That I, I get testy when people say that Christmas is only for kids. <laughs> mm, yeah. Like, hold on, let's, let's, let's fight about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, this again, uh, we're talking about uh, the Polar Express, uh, a, a classic story, one that uh, the books meant a lot to you. The movies meant a lot to me and my family. And it it's, gets me in the mood for Christmas every time. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, as I mentioned, we are uh, doing a book challenge uh, this month and we're looking at books about travel. And so I asked if you had any books about travel you wanted to recommend to our listeners. Yes, I have a short list. Mm -hmm. Um, So The Last Song by Nicholas Sparks is one of my favorites. It's also a film that came out, I think, in 2009. Um, But basically, it's the story of these two siblings who are kind of shipped off to their dad's beach house for the summer. And the sister who's older falls in love. So it's all about kind of falling in love while she's on this trip. Um, And then also The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert. It's more of a time warp type travel book. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's this book about um, trying to figure out if this kind of fairy tale world is real and then how to get into it and then how to get out of it. Um, So it's very interesting. And then The Sister Season by Jennifer Scott, which is actually a Christmas book. And it's about these three sisters who go home for the holidays and they haven't been home in a long time. And the reason they're going this time is because their dad passed away. But what they find is that all of these assumptions they've had about each other are not necessarily true. And, and it's a beautiful story about family mixed in with travel. I love books about travel, uh, especially mm-hmm. um, nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is like on a hike or climbing Mount Everest or whatever. You know, oh, the- yeah. Those things I would love to do someday, but I'm more than happy to read somebody else doing it. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, one thing I would love to do is, is like hike the Appalachian Trail. Mm. I've read several accounts of people doing that and it sounds sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I love hiking, but I'm, I would be, I think, a little bit timid with an actual like mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I used to live in Washington State when I was a teenager. And um, so we, we would occasionally get to go up into the mountains and hike around for a little bit. And that was always just breathtaking. 
Mm -hmm. uh, just to see everything. And depending on how high you went, you you literally have your breath taken. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Get up a little too high. (laughs) I'm actually going to be reading this month, a book called uh, The Christmas Joyride by Melody Carlson. It's one I hadn't heard of before, but I love the cover. It shows an RV and it's all decorated for Christmas. There's like garland and lights on the outside of this RV and a big Santa hat on top of it. It's a story about uh, a, a young lady a young woman. She takes her neighbor, 85 year old neighbor on a cross country trip over Christmas time to, I think she's taken him or taken her to her family. It, it sounds like it could be a, 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 like a Grinch to, to a redemption type story mm-hmm. too, too, for the main character. You know, she's not feeling in the Christmas spirit and all that. And she's traveling with this lady who loves Christmas and everything. So by the time this episode comes out, I'll have either read it or DNF'd it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> but no, I, I think it, it'll, uh, I'm going to enjoy that one. Something about March, when we start getting spring weather in, I I really get the itch to, to travel. So mm, yes. Yeah. I just want to keep getting to warmer and warmer places. <laughs> the warmer <Yeah>. it gets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we've had a pretty mild winter for Iowa, but, uh, but yeah, when we start getting these spring teasers, you know, it's like, oh, I want to go out and go hiking. I want to go out and, mm-hmm. you know, get, just get out of here and get some fresh air, get some sunshine. Yes. <laughs> recharge the batteries. So (laughs) do you have anything coming up this year that you want to promote or talk about? So I am working on another Christmas story. Um, it's not necessarily a children's book, but I am submitting a short fiction story for a Christmas anthology. Um, and it's with a different publisher than the one that I did my children's book with, but they produce anthologies each year of short Christmas stories. So mine is about a magical Christmas dwarf. So I just finished editing it over the weekend. So I'm really hoping to see that develop um, in the next few months, but I'll keep you posted. Yeah, please do. That sounds that sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> a, a whole book of Christmas stories. That's right. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like I'm excited to submit, but I also want to read everyone else's. So <laughs> yes. Now is, is that a for sure thing it'll be in there or do you have to, there's like a selection process. There's a selection process. So I'm, okay. I'm about to enter into that. So we'll see. Okay. Well, fingers crossed yep. and all that then, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And if uh, folks want to um, find you online, where, where do you hang out? Yeah. So my website is natmosphere.com and that's spelled N-A-T-M-O-S-F-E-A-R. And that's all my social media channels as well. Uh, Natalie, thanks for coming on and listening to me ramble about the Polar Express. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, best of luck to you and your, your book this year. And we'd love to have you back on this fall or, or winter to help you promote promote your books. Yes. Thank you. And I'm so happy that you finally read the Polar Express. <laughs> well, my life is complete now. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you, you take care. Thanks. All right. You too. Uh, next month's reading challenge, or I should say this month, depending on when this episode gets out. So the reading prompt is Home Alone. And so in the month of April, we need to read a book about a character who has to overcome challenges on their own, uh, much in the way that Kevin did in Home Alone. He had a challenge of protecting his house and nobody was there to help him. So he had to do it on his own. Now, you can be flexible with this as always. You know, if it's 
either one person or two people or, you know, a small group, I think I would let that pass. So this one I'm, I'm stumped on and I'm, and I was thinking about, um, reading cause I've been reading the Lord of the Rings and I'm thinking of making that one count for this reading because it is certainly about a main character who has to come over to overcome challenges on their own, or at least with a very small group. I, I think especially of Frodo and Sam, uh, but each person has their own challenge. It seems like they are trying to overcome uh, and, and that journey that only they can complete. The Lord of the Rings has nothing to do with Christmas, except the movies that I love so much came out at Christmas time. And to me, you know, they remind me of Christmas time. Uh, you know, there, there, so there's movies that might just remind you of that and, and, or a book that might remind you of, of that. And that's fine. That's the reading challenge for the month of April. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say about, uh, or what books you're reading for April. Um, so go ahead and grab your cup of coffee or tea or eggnog and let's get reading. Well, before we go today, I want to share a poem that I found written by Charles McKay, who lived during the 19th century. Uh, but according to Wikipedia, uh, Charles McKay, who lived from 1814 to 1889, was a Scottish poet, journalist, author, anthologist, novelist, and songwriter, remembered mainly for his book, Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, which I'm sure we all have read right? I came across a poem he wrote called Under the Holly Bough. It's a poem about peace at Christmas time, which I thought would be a nice follow-up from my last episode. It's, it's not that long, but it has a wonderful message of peace that I thought would be worth reading. So to conclude things, I want to leave you with this poem, Under the Holly Bough, by Charles McKay published in 1851. Ye who have scorned each other, or injured friend or brother, in this fast-fading year, ye who, by word or deed, have made a kind heart bleed, come gather here. Let sin against and sinning forget their strife's beginning, and join in friendship now. Be links no longer broken, be sweet forgiveness spoken, under the holly bough. Ye who have loved each other, sister and friend and brother, in this fast-fading year, mother and sire and child, young man and maiden mild, come, gather here, and let your heart grow fonder, as memory shall ponder, each past unbroken vow, old loves and younger wooing, are sweet in the renewing, under the holly bough. Ye who have nourished sadness, estranged from hope and gladness, in this fast-fading year, ye with overburdened mind, made aliens from your kind, come, gather here. Let not the useless sorrow pursue your night and morrow. If e'er you hoped, hope now. Take heart, uncloud your faces, and join in our embraces under the holly bough. I really liked that little poem. Each stanza seems to be addressing a different group of people, 
those who have hurt or injured someone else come together and find peace under the holly bough, under, you know, the, the banner of Christmas. Those who have loved each other, it's time to come together. Those who have experienced hardship and sadness, I, I like the line that he uses. Ye who have nourished sadness, estranged from hope and gladness in this fast-fading year. Some really powerful imagery there. So for everyone, whether you're an enemy, whether you're a family member, whether you are going through a difficult time, whether if you feel outside and left out, if you feel alien, come together. You will find family. You will find identity. You will find peace as we gather under the holly bough. Well, that will do it uh, for our episode today. As always, thank you for listening and please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're able to do so. I would greatly appreciate that and it helps out the show so much. There are some ways that you can help support us financially if you check out the show notes below. I have an Etsy store with some Christmas items in it. As it gets closer to winter, I'll have some new things added there, but there are still some items there left over from last year. As well as you can donate on Kofi.com and for a $3 or more donation, I will send you a Christmas card and a podcast sticker or bookmark as my way of saying thank you. Let me know if you have a Christmas memory you'd like uh, to share on the podcast. I'd be happy to read it or you can send in a, a voice recording, however you want to do it. I would love to hear from you. I will be back next week. And until then, I hope that you are being kind to each other and that you are doing good. And let us remember to honor Christmas in our heart and try to keep it all the year. Have a very Merry Christmas. <laughs>